Welcome back to the Sunday Roast. How's it going, guys? How the hell are you? How are your hearts? And of course, how are your heads? Guys, what's going on? We're back. I'm back. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've said it's been a while. It's been more than a minute. It's been more than an hour. It has felt like an eternity since I last spoke to you. But here we are. It's bizarre. It's bizarre and strange because the thing is, I'm here talking to you back on the airwaves. And in the time that has uh, elapsed since we last chatted, I have sort of climbed that personal Everest, which is getting up on stage and performing in front of people. Um, And I don't want to gush and I don't want to turn this into one of those sort of gratitude podcasts where I say a lot without saying anything. But I just genuinely want to thank you from the bottom of my heart to every single person who both came to the live shows, but then also to those who weren't able to make the live shows, but sent me some really supportive messages on my Instagram at Megan Mark or on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. I like wholeheartedly appreciate it. And without sounding completely unhinged, although I am unhinged, and particularly when I'm on hinge, but... I feel like I've unlocked a new level of life. Uh, it's one of those, it was such a psychological barrier for me for my whole life that I had such a rip-roaring fear about performing for other people and the sort of self-criticism and analysis and judgment and fear and hatred that came with the idea of me performing and being shit and having a nervous breakdown on stage and all the rest. So the fact that none of those things happened and here I am in one piece is um, an incredible and perhaps life-changing moment for me wherein... Anything is bloody possible. You know? (laughs) I'm so bad at the self-help stuff, but you know what I mean. Basically, I'm very happy to be here and I'm extremely grateful to all of you for your support. So thank you very much. On that note, London, let's fucking go. London, April the 29th, let's fucking go. Who's coming? Please tell me some people are coming. Judging by the stats that I get for this podcast, it would appear that I have quite a listenership in London. But again, the fear is flooding my veins and I'm back to square one as far as terror and anxiety is concerned. London, let's go. April the 29th, Friday the April the 29th, the World's End Theatre in Chelsea. It's a lovely venue. The tickets are going on sale this Wednesday, 10 a.m., it's all going to be happening. I'm going to do the box office myself via my Instagram at Megan Mark. So please, please go. I'm going to do a little pre-release ticket for people on the Patreon. As always, that will go up the night before on Tuesday night. So Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Um, Patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. All of the subscribers who are based in London or if you're friends with people who are based in London, you will get access to tickets. The early bird, as they call them, catches the worm, as she calls it. Um, so... Yeah, I can't believe I'm doing it. I'm I'm horrendously afraid, but I won't bore you with that because I've done all of that shit before. But I just wanted to make that little announcement. London, let's go. And to all of the people asking about Galway and Cork, it's happening. It's working in the background and we're figuring out dates and locations. And uh, yeah, it's incredibly exciting. So thank you so much. As I said, it genuinely feels like my stomach is gurgling, by the way, because I haven't eaten yet. So forgive me. Um, But it genuinely feels like I've unlocked a new level of life. So thank you so much. London, let's go.
So I just got back from Paris, you know. I uh, There was quite a come down after the weekend of the live shows. I feel like all of the adrenaline that had been building up and pulsating through my body for like the previous three months, um, you know, it just totally occupied the fortress of my mind. Uh, whenever the live shows are finished, I crashed uh, massively and I sort of curled up into a little bit of an existential ball and sort of wondered what's next, what's now. It was akin to that scene. I think I've mentioned this before in a different uh, context, but it was akin to the sort of fish at the end of Finding Finding Nemo whenever they get released into the wild and then they're sort of like, right, what do we do now? That's sort of what it felt like post the live shows. So I went away to Paris and I decided to surprise Mrs. Roast and bring her to Paris for the weekend. Now, lots of you might think that's really romantic. I hear lots of you thinking, oh, my bloody Damien never does that, you know. I'm lucky to get a shag when he comes home from the Paddy Power with the chippy. I know. But the thing is, I'm not as romantic as you think because we flew into Bove. We flew into Bove. Now, like, I'm romantic enough to whisk someone away to Paris, but I'm not, but I'm thrifty enough, you know, to only pay for flights into Bove. Have any of you ever done this before? If so, I would not recommend it. If you haven't, I would not recommend it. Flying into Beauvais Airport is such an absurd way of entering Paris. Now, look, I'm not going to complain about the Ryanair service or lack thereof or anything like that because you're getting what you pay for. In fact, I think they offer almost a more authentic service than any of the other airlines, considering they're completely honest. You know what you're getting. And there's no need for caveat emperor and all that sort of stuff. Nevertheless, Flying into Beauvais Airport is such an absurd way of entering Paris. It's nowhere near Paris. It's like going to get, it's like going to the dentist to get one of your teeth taken out, but choosing a discount option wherein he accesses the back of your mouth via your arse. Literally. You'll eventually reach the same destination, but there's just no need for the pain or the torture or the suffering or the tickling or the giggling or the smooching. Take off your gloves, Doctor. Oh, Dr. Muldowney. I've never seen such a chiseled jaw under the fluorescent surgical light of the dental chair. Why don't you put this completely back like a seat in the first-class cabin of British Airways, jump on board and give me a root canal, but drop the sea from canal. I don't know where I'm going with that. Nevertheless... It's a complete disaster. And the thing is, the worst thing about Beauvais Airport is, this isn't the first time. This isn't the first time that I've done this. I've done this before. But much much like returning to a toxic relationship or going to see a therapist, you always leave it long enough, right? You leave it long enough since you return, so you forget how bad it was. So then you decide to do the same thing all over again without realising the errors in your ways. It's the worst thing ever, Bove Airport. The the way that I can um, describe it is, it's akin to, you know when like an Amazon delivery driver or any delivery driver is dropping off something at your house, but if you're not at home, they drop you off in the, they drop it off in the green bin, right? They drop your package there. Getting dropped off in Bove Airport is sort of like being dropped off in a green bin. Although there's been a massive hurricane, so the green bin has ended up three towns over and is stuck beneath a half-conscious cow and an Alabama Trump supporter. Do you know what I mean? Sitting on top of a door frame, <laughs> looking like she's auditioning for Castaway 2 or recreating that scene from Titanic. You know those, you know those videos that always do the rounds on YouTube and there's some like pensioner from literally Birmingham, Alabama and they're sitting on top of the doorframe. The whole town that they lived in is completely decimated. It's all been brought to the ground but they're sitting on top of that doorframe and they're giving it the old, I've lived here my whole life and I ain't moving. 
I ain't moving. That even if that tornado comes back, I'm I'm not going to be moving anywhere. Yet your body is going to be blown into six trillion smithereens. The g-force of the wind alone will literally render you dust. Also, those houses that they have in those areas, your house wouldn't withstand the pressure of the breath of an asthmatic wolf who smokes, let alone a violently rotating column of air, also known as a tornado. Like, you're going to be blown to pieces. You're going to be blown in several million directions in the air. Sort of like if you've ever kicked a beach ball really hard on the beach. You know those cheap balls you get? And then you boot them and it goes like, phew, phew, phew. In lots of different areas. People always go, oh, that's amazing. Look at that video. A 93-year-old pensioner sitting on top of the door frame and she's waiting for the dog to come back. Get her out. Somebody should intervene. Somebody should intervene. It's like whenever you're watching an Irish movie. (laughs) You know those like Irish movies about the Brits coming in to invade Ireland? And you've got this woman, you know, like a 95-year-old. They're all been told to evacuate the town because like the, the soldiers are coming in. You've got this woman, she's like... I won't be leaving here under anything. It'll take a lot more than a few dirty British soldiers to get me out of this home. Cool. My money's on the soldiers. My money is very much on the soldiers. Like, do you know what I mean? You nearly succumbed to a nosebleed less than a month ago. If you get a bad cough, you're a goner. You've been eating and bathing, bathing out of that same pot in the middle of the little hut for the for half a century. Last Sunday's dinner was boiled trousers. You don't stand a chance against the black and tans. Also, did you make this house in Pompeii paints as a matter of interest? You don't even have a proper door. There's just a gap in the stones. Also, at least, like, at least get those weird bead things they have in those shops for the sexually adventurous or massage parlors in the Middle East, which incidentally probably attract lots of those who are sexually adventurous. But this is ridiculous. Oh, it'll take a lot more than the soldiers to get me out of here. Cool. My money's on the soldiers. I'm betting on the soldiers. The move, those movies always breeze past. They show you this like stoic, stoic Irish woman and they, they but then they always breeze past what happens next. And you never see the footage of the woman being tossed in the air like a pizza and flung like a frisbee into the neighbor's garden. It's madness. Anyway, not really the opportune time to be making jokes about British soldiers when I'm announcing a tour in London. But London, 29th of April, let's go. So anyway, I made it to Paris. I flew into Beauvais. It's a complete disaster. Like, you, have to, you land in Beauvais, then you have to pay 30 quid. The money that you think you've saved on the flight, you end up paying. You have to get this bus, right? I end up fucking at the back of the bus. Legend. What a legend. But, like, I ended up at the back of the bus, like, sl- falling asleep on some Egyptian lad's armpit whilst he watches these Spanish soap operas at an excessively loud volume with no airfo- AirPods or headphones or earphones. It was the worst experience ever. And then you get to Paris. And this is the first time I've done like a city break with Mrs. Rose. But I don't know what, I don't know what gets into the minds of some people when, when they go to sort of city breaks. Like my whole thing about going to Paris is I just like arsing around, okay? 
I just like arsing around and doing sort of nothing, doing the bullshit Parisian things and thinking that I look cool, wearing all black, having coffees, smoking 600 cigarettes. That's sort of what I like to do when I go to Paris. It's literally my favourite place on earth. However, it's probably only my favourite place on earth because I only visit it. Living there would destroy any actual, probably, romance that I attach to the city. No more than we... You know, if you, it's like a holiday romance. It's literally a holiday romance, albeit with a city. The beauty of it is there because you don't get to have it very often. Um, David Mitchell, the comedian, used to always say this about British people who want to move away. That's just another go at the Brits in the London Announcement podcast. But... Um, he used to always talk about, you know, people in Britain who like have this complete desire to like retire on the Costa del Sol or like Termalinas or some other sort of Spanish swamp. The, he was saying that like the, the re, the problem with that is, is because wh- when you do that move, right? And when you do retire at the age of 44 and you move out to that area, what next? Do you know what I mean? What, what happens then? Because you've done the thing that your whole life was apparently building up to. And then what? You need the holiday home psychologically to literally have that vacation from reality. Anyway, you're not talking complete shite by any chance, are you, Mark? Yeah, I would be. Yeah. Nevertheless, arrive into Paris and I get this, like, spreadsheet on the iPhone notes. Uh, okay, Mark, if we tackle the Louvre at sunrise, we should be just in time to do the Pompidou before breakfast. Are you... Sorry? Why are you using words like tackle? Do you know what I mean? We're on a weekend away. We're not arranging a rebellion. And if we, like, tackle the Louvre. Well, we're, if, if we were planning a rebellion, by the way, it would be the least efficient one of all time. A, because I've already reached my data limit by posting an Instagram story with me and the Champs-Élysées and captioning it, Mark de Triomphe. Like, and B, because you didn't think that joke through. So, no, we're not planning a rebellion. Well, I just think we need to be careful now. There's lots of walking. I've heard there's lots of walking in Paris. Yeah, yeah, I suppose there is. I suppose there is a substantial amount of walking if you're walk. Why are we having this conversation? Have you ever noticed this? People complaining about walking. If, if that's the physical feat you're drawing the line at, you should never depart from the couch. What is your issue here? Do you want to strap two pillows? Do you want me to take off my belt around my jeans? We'll take two of the pillows from the hotel bed and we can strap them to your feet. Maybe you'd be more comfortable scaling the steps of the Sacre Coeur then. This is madness. Yes, there's a bit of walking. And also, the only reason why we're walking everywhere is because A, you think every single, you disbelieve every single taxi driver. You think, oh, they'll drive us out to Beauvais and back just to the hotel. No, they won't. Not everybody is a criminal. Oh, we can't get on the metro. Oh, there's a terror attack. There's a terror attacks every week here. No, there isn't. Oh, those Jolais you know what I mean? Oh my God. There isn't that much walking. And then this this paranoia, I wonder why some Irish people and British people go on holidays in the first place. Because they're just racked with the insane paranoia of somebody on some sort of cocaine binge on the way back from a music festival. Nobody is thinking about you as much as you are thinking about you. That's the reality. Oh, we can't go into that restaurant. Look, I noticed that waiter clock. He saw us walking now. He's going to completely shaft us. How can he shaft us? How? Well, they, they obviously have a separate menu. Have you ever heard this? This bullshit about about restaurants on the continent having some sort of separate menu that they give to tourists. They see the tourists walking in with the fake beret, the fucking ring of onions around the neck, the baguette under the arm and up the arse, the stripy navy and white jumper, and they go, there we go, uh, 
Pierre, Pierre, fetch the fake menu that has 50 euro extra on every single item. This is bananas. The paranoia that some people have. Oh no, careful now, he's clocked us. This is... We're not in an episode of The Wire. There's no street watchers here wondering, oh look, there's two vulnerable... There's two vulnerable fucking clowns. Let's charge them 60 quid for a latte. Paranoia. Also, on that, on the note of prices, I might say. At not one point throughout the whole weekend in Paris did I open a menu and exhale loudly through my nostrils at the prices of something. Which just goes to show you how fucking expensive it is to exist in Ireland at the moment. Like genuinely, at one point we were, we were, we went to, uh, for lunch in Montmartre, Montmartre. It's one of those, it's hard, you know, Montmartre. We went for lunch there just beneath the Sacre-Cœur and, um, we had lunch, right? And I ordered, or at the begin, I had a big creme, I had a creme brulee and a coke. It was only six euro. It was only six euro. Can you imagine how much that'll cost you in Dublin? I like the way sometimes I argue that this is a podcast for everybody. And, uh, oh no, my podcast transcends class. But here I am complaining, when, comparing the Irish economics to a creme brulee, you know? Obviously we've got societal issues like homelessness, the gender pay gap and bloody inflation. But when you're eating a Parisian creme brulee on the steps of the Sacre Coeur for the same price of a packet of chewing gum in your local cir- Circle K, that's where Mark Megan draws the line. That's when we take to the streets to protest. That's when we do the dirty protests. That's when we change our Facebook profile pictures and fade empathy. Do you know what I mean? Let's... Paris isn't that overpriced. Ireland is very overpriced. So we did some more touristy things. And uh, we followed an Irish couple because I recognised when we were on the Place de Louvre and I recognised this Irish couple because you always can. You can always recognise an Irish person no matter where you are. Even if you were nude, uh, if you, even if there were thousands upon thousands of nude people just placed in a field, you'd be able to recognise an Irish person by the, the sort of skin on the back of his neck. You know, an Irish man. So we there was this couple we saw and... We sort of, I sort of started following them around, not in a weird way, but like I sort of following them around with a raging um, interest in what they were doing. And the woman was driving me up the wall. She was your sort of traditional Irish person from somewhere, you know, not a major city, let's just say. Um, cause there's a few of those in Ireland apparently. Um, but <laughs> she wasn't from a major city and she was wearing like this sort of floral blouse. And then like floral shorts as well. And an obscene sun hat that you'd expect would be worn by somebody on the cover of like Gardening Monthly or like the local shrubbery supplement that's delivered by your town's Protestant church. Do you know what I mean? And they were walking around and they did this thing, which I feel like a lot of Irish tours do whenever they go on holidays. She, she looked at the spire or she looked at the eye. Brilliant. Good stuff, Mark. You've just ruined the joke. She looks at the Eiffel Tower and the first thing she says is, Fucking spire's so shite, isn't it? It's fucking look at how shite the spire is to that. Yeah, the spire is unequivocally one of the worst, um, I suppose, tourist attractions that Ireland has to offer. And it's probably the worst, like, land monument in the... Uh, oh, just shut up sometimes, Mark. But anyway... And then they were doing this thing where everything that they'd see, they'd compare... They, you'd pa- pass by... You'd pass by, like, the Musée d'Orsay. And then she'd be like, you wouldn't get that in Ireland. Well, no, you wouldn't, Deirdre. You're in Paris. That's why you're. That's why you're here. Why are these people intent on going to places and then comparing every single thing to what they have back home? Oh, look at the bike lane there. Now going up town. You wouldn't get that in Ireland. You wouldn't. You wouldn't get lots of that in Ireland. You'd, that's why you've came here, is it not? 
to see something new and to, it's just a bizarre, it's, it really confuses me. Almost as confusing as overhearing her and her husband then go and pronounce enduya when they see it on a menu. Why does that word get the better of everybody? Why can't people just say, why can't people just learn it? Learn it once. Enduya. That's what it's pronounced. That's what it's called. That's what it's pronounced. Enduya, right? Is that the sausage thing? The enduja. Nuja. It's like a sausage thing, isn't it? It's enduya. Pronounce it fucking properly. Oh yeah, like anyway. That was the end of that. This podcast was primarily to announce the London shows. The London shows have been announced. Um, less about Paris and the city break. We just went to Paris. Oh, are you going off on a city break, is it? It's just going to Paris. Why do you have to give the... Why do you have to give everything titles? Do you know what I mean? Good luck. Paris. A, er, damn. London. Also, why is it that country people pronounce Paris like there's two A's in it? Oh, we're you over in Paris? Anyway, uh, April 29th, London, Friday... Thank you all so much for the support. I will speak to you very soon. All the best. Uh, tickets on sale this Wednesday, 10 a.m. Please buy them. Please, please help me. Thank you very much. Have a good Sunday. Happy Mother's Day. And also, people who complain about the price of a pint in Paris drive me up the wall. They don't drink pints. They don't drink pints, okay? So, oh yeah, we had to go to three different places and then eventually we found a place that would give us a pint and it was like 12 euro. It's like, yeah, because they deport, they just gave you two beers. They just charge you for the price of two beers. Two beers. You can't complain about the price of a pint in Paris when it's not even on the menu. It's like going into Levi's and getting them to sew two pairs of shorts together and then complaining about the price of jeans. What are you doing? Julia. Is it Jewish? Julia. Is it a Jewish thing? <laughs> listening to the Sunday Roast really appreciate it guys it's great to be back talking to you in some shape or form Um, obviously very much shooting from the hip today with just a little quick run through of my Parisian trip and the details of the show in London so uh, I hope you enjoyed it thanks so much for listening Uh, as I said in the show tickets will go on sale this Wednesday at 10am Please follow me on Instagram at Megan Mark in order to get the tickets. If you want tickets and aren't on Instagram, just click onto that link uh, of the Instagram and you'll see the you'll see the Eventbrite link to the tickets. So I haven't explained this clearly at all. Tickets on sale Wednesday, 10 a.m. The Chelsea Theatre, World's End, off the King's Road in London. I'm so excited. I'm not really, I'm sort of more scared and totally just doing this for the cash, but like, no, I'm not. It's not even that good. Anyway, um, thank you so much for all of the support. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. Everybody who sent me messages over the last few weeks um, with the live shows, I haven't had a chance to get back to everybody, and I mean that sincere, sincerely, not just one of the bullshit things that these pe- that people say. Um so really, thank you so much. Uh, it's incredible. It's just been an incredible sort of change. And this is what we've been waiting for. Uh, I really needed something like this to happen in order to give me that sort of spring of my step again and sense of joie de vivre and all the rest. Um, and here it is. It's happening. Thank you so much. I wouldn't have been able to do it without any of you. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of the support. I owe everything to you. Um, patreon.com forward slash mark megan if you want to support the show and me in general and otherwise i hope you're doing good have a good sunday enjoy that bloody good weather wherever you are if it's good weather wherever you are and whoever you're there with um 
Take care. I'll speak to you very soon. All the best. Thank you.